Hello, we're glad you joined us for Stand Up Be Heard, the podcast. At Ford's Theater, we believe in the power of storytelling and using our voices. On this podcast, you'll hear student voices and perspectives about issues that are important to them. We invite you to open up, check any biases, and hear what they have to say. The year is 1776 BC. The first ever Olympic Games are being held in ancient Greece. New events like javelin, discus, and long jump are being introduced in the heart of Athens. However, one event caught the attention of the audience more than any other. Slowly, six men lined up on the lines, preparing to run the first ever Olympic race. Suddenly, Leonidas of Rhodes lined up on the track, and when the race began, he ran faster than any other person has ever seen. Leonidas went on to win the next 12 Olympic Games for running, finally retiring at the age of 36. Little did Leonidas know the effect of racing on the expanding world. While it would take over 2,500 years to finally arrive in America, instantly it became a hit with track being a sport at almost every high school and college, becoming one of the world's most popular sports. Welcome to the Brain Train. Today, we'll be analyzing the effects of sports injuries and how they have changed the lives of coaches and athletes at Skyview. But before that, I'd like to explain why sports injuries are such a big deal to me. The first time I experienced an injury in sports was while I was at a pet band game for football. We had just finished up our halftime performance when our team's quarterback, Dylan Goodell, was knocked to the ground by an opposing defensive lineman. Immediately after the hit, everybody knew something went wrong when he wasn't getting up. After a couple of minutes, he got up with the help of the coaches and was put under crutches. The injury affected everyone, seeing as the team lost the game by a landslide. Injuries like this are all too common in today's world, with the most common being ankle sprains. Injuries from the most common sports of basketball, football, and track can cause massive problems for the players, the coaches, and the teams. Injuries like ankle sprains and shin splints are commonly caused from an overuse of body from the athletes. Over hundreds of thousands of track and field injuries occur a year, and even at our own high school, injuries are astronomically high, with approximately 75% of student athletes admitting to at least a minor injury. Now, we will be joined by Mr. Felix, a track coach and chemistry teacher at Skyview High School, who himself ran in track. Mr. Felix, thank you for joining me today. Hello. Uh, What do you coach? Um, I have coached cross-country and track uh, for three years each now. Hmm. Do you enjoy coaching these things? I love coaching. Yeah. And I love coaching long-distance running. And how does it feel seeing one of your uh, players get injured? Get injured. Um, so here's the thing about uh, distance running is that there's it, – it, it depends on the type of injury. Um, in track, just about everybody gets, like, shin splits in the first couple weeks, which – is like definitely painful and annoying, but that's not injury. And so I think, so when you ask a question, uh, how do I feel about injury? So it depends on the injury. Um, if I just have an athlete who's, you know, saying they are, you know, they have shin splints and stuff like that. Usually the response I try to give to them is, you know, you run through that kind of pain because that pain will go away. Um, and you don't have to stop uh, training. Uh, you don't have to sacrifice your training regimen in order to heal from those kind of injuries. If it's like a really serious injury, now, 
like there are definitely people who can fracture things. <laughs> um, usually lateral injuries like tears, th those don't happen in long distance running. Um, had, have had some people get concussions um, during running, which is surprising. Um, so when it comes to like a more serious injury, the kind of injury where you actually genuinely need to sit out, um, I don't know, how does that make me feel? Um, it makes me feel, depending on how the injury happened, um, if it's like an overuse injury, we kind of take the philosophy of if they're, if they're not regularly exercising through the winter and through the summer, then that will inevitably lead to injury. And so in that case, it's like, that's not so much my fault, honestly. I, like, I, I don't force that responsibility on myself because there's nothing I can do to force athletes to continue training throughout the year. That's their choice. Do you like offer a plan or anything for like those like off season times to like what they should do? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We do summer training and we do winter training. And so at the point that, you know, if an athlete does nothing over summer or winter training between cross country and track, if they do nothing, it's kind of on them that that happened uh do you and your coaching staff have any other like injury prevention actions you guys take or is it just kind of working off in the working out in the off season um yeah oh yeah absolutely like yeah every day every day we stretch after we run you always have to warm up before you do practice so and and this is kind of a thing is just the mantra of doing all the small things you know icing at nighttime um you know maybe taking ibuprofen when you need to um there's all these other smaller things like rolling out, you roll out your muscles at nighttime. Um, honestly, Epsom salt baths, really great. Um, so yeah, it's uh, absolutely, trying to prevent injury is not just um, doing the big things like um, out of season training, it's also doing the small things as you're in season. Uh, have you noticed any major injuries affect like the morale of the team at all? Um, I don't think it affects the morale directly. Um, it may indirectly affect it because, you know, if we, if uh, like this last meet, our top boy runner was out. And so he could not score the points that he normally does. And that affected our boys varsity team lost the, uh, the meet we lost because our top boy wasn't there to score the points that he normally does. So it doesn't, I don't think it directly affects morale, but it indirectly affects it because you lose. Uh, so, do you as a coach play a responsibility in, uh, like, when a player gets, like, once the injury is there, do you as a coach play a responsibility, or do you leave that up to the trainers normally? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and so that's that's the big thing is, like, we want, we want the athletes to get whatever workouts they need to do, like, strengthening workouts, whatever workouts, whatever small thing they need to do, we get that, the, the athletes get those from the trainers, and then we want them to do that with us during practice. So they're, and so that's how they're still able to be at practice and still like engage with everyone else as part of the team. Um, and they're still getting whatever strengthening they need to. So whether it's doing, you know, the trainers will give them like, you know, they need to do these five exercises or these five stretches. We want them to do that with us out on the track. Uh, do you think when your players are recovering from an injury that is as well as a physical like recovery it's also a mental recovery or like a mental battle as well yeah oh yeah i the like you know we have some people that you know they're getting off of an injury right now they're coming back and we don't have them compete like we have someone who came there uh she's cleared to start competing and training and things like that we're not going to have her compete tomorrow at the meet 
um, because not only physically but mentally, um, it takes time to get back in the game. Um, it's not something that happens immediately. And also, like if it's a serious injury, people can be very hesitant. And sometimes when you're, you know, when you're an athlete, you have to be competitive. You have to be like almost aggressive when you're playing. And if you have a very, very serious injury, it's easy to be hesitant about not getting injured again. Um, and you don't, you might not push yourself hard enough. Um, and it, so it, it, that takes time. That's a mental thing. That takes time to become more comfortable with it. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Mr. Felix. Oh, you're welcome, Ethan. No two athletes are the same, or the story that each player has. But the injuries themselves consist roughly of the same type, these mostly being ankle-related injuries. Not all stories have a happy ending. Between 2008 and 2015, 300 sport-related deaths occurred in America alone. This number is much too high. While the vast majority of students will never have or even see an injury like that, we still need to find a solution to this problem. Coaches see so many injuries a year that they are able to better prevent and help the athletes recover quicker. But stopping these injuries altogether is the first problem. As you can see from Mr. Felig, these minor injuries have preventative methods, such as working out during the off-season, taking Epsom salt baths, and stretching before events. So much has been done for athletes, but the unknown factor is almost always impossible to prevent. So while this podcast may be ending, this is not the end of the battle on sports injuries. My name is Ethan, and I'd like to thank our audio engineer, Chandler Larson, our scriptwriter, Nicholas Sparts, and our researcher, Bryson Williams, who helped make the brain train possible. I'd also like to thank Ford Cedar and Yesenia for helping us make the podcast. And last of all, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to The Brain Train. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you'll check out our other episodes. 